Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. A few days ago, we released a BusinessWise episode called, I think we called it our most important episode, something like that. It's not a prerequisite to this episode, but if you haven't listened to it, I urge you to, because between that episode and this one, we cover a very, very, very important subject of morale. Now, I was prompted to record this episode as I was walking through the streets of my city, New York, the other morning. I had been out of town for some months, and it had been a while. It struck me very hard to observe the spirit of those around me. New York is famous for many things, you know, cheesecake, has Broadway, which is my neighborhood, incidentally, the restaurants, the flagship stores, the museums, the sites, but probably what almost anyone visiting this place will comment on is the energy. New York has its own energy, and that energy is unique to this town like no other place on earth. And I have been to a lot of places. My dear, dear mama, when she was able to visit us, always commented on it. She one time asked me if I thought it might be something in the stones that made up this extraordinary island. And I think at the time I agreed with her that that was probably true. Something in the stones. But that is not what I observed the other morning. I saw a town of people demoralized. In the episode we re-released just before this one, we went over a lot of data on morale and how Mr. Hubbard discovered that production is a basis of morale. And we went into that in a lot of detail. We discussed professionalism and a commitment to learning and doing anything and everything to professional standards and how that influences a person's morale. And it certainly does. It influences it for the better. So we were basically discussing morale as an individual problem. What increases a person's morale, what doesn't. But with this episode, I thought we would address morale more as a group problem. What are the factors that contribute to a high group morale, the esprit de corps or group spirit that makes an organization something that it is a joy to be a part of and the kind of group that people sort of beg to be a part of? Would this be the kind of group that you as a business owner would like to create? If so, then this is the episode for you. You need to master the subject of morale, the various factors that contribute to morale and how you can be cause over them. We're going to take this article from Mr. Albert. It's dated 16 April 1970. And it's entitled Morale, and he starts out with its definition, which I will read you. We actually covered this in that earlier episode, but he says here, Morale is defined as, quote, a sense of common purpose or a degree of dedication to a common task regarded as characteristic of or dominant in a particular group or organization, end quote. So a sense of common purpose. This is not what I was witnessing in the streets of New York the other day. You know, one of the things that I would say is a common purpose in New York is everybody wants to, to win. They want to get ahead. They want to have success. You know, there's a drive there, and that's part of that energy. And uh, you don't have that sense anymore. And if you don't feel that in an organization or a company, then morale is probably low. You know, you don't have that sense of common purpose or a degree of dedication to a common task. You see that in your group? And it's regarded as a characteristic of or dominant in a particular group or organization. So if you're in a group 
uh, you, some of you probably played on uh, sports teams that are like this. Everybody's united around a purpose to win a championship. They feel it. They know that it's coming. There's a cockiness there, right? And there's a dedication to that common task. And uh, that team generally is high morale. And he goes on to say here, also defined as, quote, a confident, resolute, willing, often self-sacrificing and courageous attitude of an individual to the function or tasks demanded or expected of him by a group of which he is a part that is based upon such factors as pride in achievement and aims of the group, faith in its leadership and ultimate success, a sense of fruitful personal participation in its work and a devotion and loyalty to other members of the group. So here we have morale as a description, really, of an individual. The confidence, the resolute attitude, the willingness, the self-sacrifice, the courage. And you see that in a person who's, you know, pitches in, really believes in the leadership of that group, really believes in the group's goals, and is always willing to pitch in and shows and demonstrates courage, resolution, confidence. Maybe it's something they've never even done before. Have you ever witnessed this? You know, you have a certain gung-ho individual within a group, and there's some challenge that no one really knows what to do with. And this person steps up and says, no, I'll take care of it. I'll figure it out. You know, there's confidence there. They may not even have the know-how required to handle the situation that they're now about to confront. But their morale is such, their confidence, their uh, spirit of resolution, their willingness, and they're willing to, to sacrifice self. You know, you, you've seen guys work day and night to accomplish a target, uh, at sometimes sacrifice of other aspects of their lives, but doing it because they believe, as he says here, such factors as pride and achievement, so they have their own pride of achievement, and in the aims of the group, so they believe in those aims of the group, faith in its leadership, so they have faith in the leadership of the group, and faith in the ultimate success of the group, and a sense of fruitful personal participation. Like, look, I get involved with this. I'm going to you know, bear my chest to the elements, and I'm going to take on this challenge But I suspect at the other end of it, I will be a bigger, stronger, better, more competent individual. You know, there's there's this expectancy of fruitful personal participation in its work and a devotion and loyalty to other members of the group. So there there they are. They're also like, no, I'm going to cover the back of uh, the guy next to me. I'm going to make sure that we pull this off because I want to see the other people around me win. These other members of my group, they're my group. You know, they're my family. And I'm willing to do these things to make sure that uh, my family prospers and the individuals in that family, I care about them. So there you have what you could describe as a high morale individual. Wouldn't it be nice to have a full organization full of cats like that? You know, it'd be worth knowing how do you cultivate that kind of culture in an organization? And that's really what we want to talk about today is in the earlier episode, we spoke of, you know, creating that within ourselves, within an individual. Here, we're also going to address it as How do you instill it within a group, within an organization? He gives a a final definition here. He says, this is also from Mr. Hubbard, also, quote, a state of well-being and buoyancy based upon such factors as physical or mental well-being, a sense of purpose and usefulness and confidence in the future, 
a nice, simple definition. Guy's got high morale. He's uh, healthy. He's in a pretty good mental state and uh, he has a feeling of well-being. He's buoyant. Buoyant means, well, able to stay afloat, right? Rise to the top. Cheerful, optimistic. Yes! So there's a buoyancy about the person. You know, that's a high morale cat. They have a sense of purpose and their usefulness to the group and their confidence in the future. Morale. I don't know how often morale comes up in uh, people's discussion of their businesses. I don't know if they engage it. I don't know if they look through their business and go, oh, how's the morale in my group today? But boy, you sure should. You know, like I'm walking through New York City. What's the morale of this town these days after two years of pandemic and everything else that's been issued and going on around here? You know, and yeah, it took a lot to take the steam out of New York, but somebody managed to do it. I'm, I'm sure it'll come back, certainly, if we have anything to do with it. But nonetheless, you're not looking at a group of people uh, walking around with a sense of purpose or confidence in the future. Uh, I wouldn't say people are particularly buoyant or have a great state of well-being as a general rule right now in this town. And if you've got that going on in your group, man, you've got problems. You know, you have a low morale scene. You really need to know these factors of morale so that you can identify them. So you can go, wow, I have a morale situation or I don't have a morale situation. You identify it. It's a quality that's intrinsic to a successful group. So this is not a light subject. This is a very, very important subject. You do not want to be the owner of a company or the director of a company of low morale. First of all, it's no fun to be a part of. And uh, odds are, its production and viability will be very, very limited from that aspect of a low morale. Okay. So he says, morale in a military sense applies to the whole group as in esprit de corps, spirit of the group. However, a group's morale is, after all, the additive result of the morale of each individual member. This is why it's important to listen to the earlier episode as well as this one, because that one will really go into individual morale. Now he says this, he says, when one speaks of, quote, bad morale, end quote, one can mean an individual's bad morale or that of a whole group. By caring for the morale of each individual, one can raise the morale of the whole group. Okay, so a low morale situation in an individual is important because that's going to eventually influence the group. You want to raise the morale of the group, you have to raise the morale of the individuals in it. Okay, but then he says this, listen to this. By working on group morale, one can also change the morale of the individuals in the group. See, so there's another way to address this. You can address this by addressing the individuals and handling their morale situation, or you can tackle it as raising the morale of the group. So what are the factors that increase morale in a group? Listen to this. Successes tend to increase morale. Failures tend to decrease morale. So here are two very important factors. Successes increase morale, failures decrease morale. So you would think you wouldn't even need to emphasize this, but how often does a group achieve success without any recognition of that success or validation of that success? If you guys make a target, if your team makes a certain target or makes a certain quota or pulls off some sort of miracle, make sure it gets, we used to use the word fanfare. You know, there ought to be fanfare, man. We pull this off. You have a success. Make it known. Acknowledge the people that are involved. You know, send them up in the front of the room and give them a big round of applause. And, and, and then generally, those guys will applaud the other team members, too. It's like 
That's a morale booster. Success, you pull it off, you make sure it gets validated. On the other hand, failures tend to decrease morale. So, okay, what do we do about failures? Should we disguise them? Should we hide them? Should we not discuss them? We'll, we'll get back to that. So then he goes on to say this. Morale is subject to propaganda attacks entering false data into a group. Okay, here's another morale killer. Lies. People start saying lies about the group. That starts entering the group. This is why you don't want to forward any kind of um, what we call, uh, we did a number of episodes on black propaganda or black PR and how to handle it. And you should listen to those. But um, suffice to say, you have to be alert for rumors that might be entering your group. Like, you know, I hear the place is going out of business or, the, you know, the, the bosses are having conflict with each other. They're fighting amongst each other. And this sort of rumor gets around or, you know, so-and-so is having an extramarital affair. There's a little ga- gossip going on that's kind of just, it just, it decreases the morale of the group because it's entering in black propaganda. It's entering in uh, lies. Propaganda is, if you look up that word, propaganda is mostly lies. Let me check with Oxford. So propaganda, information this is the definition, information, especially of a biased or misleading nature used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. The example they give, he was charged with distributing enemy propaganda. So Mr. Harper's using this word very advisedly here. He's selecting this word carefully. Be alert for propaganda. Like there's no place for this kind of rumor or, you know, embellished stories about individuals within the group. Anything that will seek to reduce the teammanship, the level of affinity between group members in a group, that's a morale killer. So it can come from a rival company that is passing lies or propaganda about your company or what you're, let's say you run a, a natural health clinic and, uh, you know, some of the uh, more traditional medicine, if you want to call them that, I don't know why we call it traditional medicine, but, you know, some of these guys that are more or less pushing you know, medications and so forth, you've got a natural health clinic, you can expect that there's going to be a certain amount of propaganda pushed in your direction that people will come in. And I heard this and I heard that. And that is going to blow the morale of your group if you let that come in. Uh, and if it does come in, you need to have means to handle it. And if you want to learn how to handle it effectively, you should definitely listen to the earlier episodes on how to handle black propaganda. But uh, suffice to say, you can deal with it, with a weapon you can use that is extremely valuable in raising morale, and that is a weapon of truth. So somebody comes in with lies, you defeat it with truth. What did you hear? Okay, that's not true. Let me show you what the truth is. And then that can be documented or that can be proven. You know, they say that, you know, we're not getting results with our, with our patients. You know, we're not helping them with their uh, lumbosis or whatever it is that they came down with. Well, let's, let's take a look at some of these success stories from some of these patients we successfully treated. Look at this one. Why didn't you read this one? Why didn't you read that one? Wow, we're doing great with lumbosis. You better believe we're doing great with lumbosis. That's what we do around here. We handle lumbosis. So don't buy all that, you know, BS from that, you know, source telling you that we can't, we don't get results. We get plenty of results. Take a look at this. So there you have truth. Truth is such a great weapon against propaganda, obviously. But that's going to enter more and more into this morale question. You know, remember I went over earlier that failures tend to decrease morale. One of the reasons why it's not such a great idea to cover up failures is because if there was a failure, that is truth, isn't it? Anyway, more on that in a second. So he says, morale is subject to propaganda attacks entering false data into a group. 
Sound morale is best built by reality. The restricting of unsavory news can injure morale by throwing out the R factor, R being reality. Hey, look, if we had a loss, well, we can talk about it. We don't have to embellish it. We don't have to dwell on it. We don't have to glorify it or magnify it. Hey, look, that wasn't so successful. Let's learn from that and move on. But let's not pretend it never happened. Let's not cover it up with some kind of sweetness and light like, oh, no, we never make mistakes around here. We're such an awesome group. No, we are a true group, and we're working our guts out towards achieving this purpose and helping people and doing the things that we do. But look, if we make a mistake, we own up to it without dwelling on it. Okay, but this R, what is real? What is the reality? You can never go wrong by going with truth. You know, don't try and cover it up. Make it known in a manner that doesn't magnify it or cause people to become particularly alarmed about it. But sometimes alarming things are happening within the group, and you better know it. If your ship's on fire... Mayday. 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 Don't pretend that it's not on fire. Don't tell everybody, hey, nothing to worry about. Hey, there might be quite a bit to worry about. Believe me, morale will be higher if reality is stuck to, if reality is what is being communicated. So he goes on to say this. He says, sound morale is best built by reality. The restricting of unsavory news can injure morale by throwing out the R factor. Similarly, false validation can injure group morale as the R factor is corrupted. Hey, what do you think would happen if you start validating people just to validate people falsely? You know, your salesman's doing a terrible job, but we learn from you know, Dr. Joe Schmo over here, you know, the expert on morale, that the way to increase his morale is to tell him what a great job he's doing, even though he's doing a terrible job. Well, that's an out reality. So now you validate him and say, look, he's really trying. He's doing a great job. And, you know, let's all support him and all this other whatever. Right. And the group's kind of going, huh? That's not my reality. That's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that guy goofing off. I'm seeing that guy being ineffective. I see that guy not working hard enough at his job or learning his job. So be very, very careful about using any kind of false, untrue validation or presentation of the circumstances. So then he goes on to say that, quote, expertise, end quote, of military groups, end quote, handling morale, end quote, is to a marked degree worthless wherever it violates our factors, reality factors. So you might read a book that says you can increase morale by slapping everybody on the shoulder, even if they're doing a lousy job. No, don't violate your own reality. Don't violate truth. Okay, truth and morale go together. And he says here, a severe or savage experience does not necessarily destroy group morale. I've observed that there was no group at all, much less morale, in combat units before they had a harsh experience in common. Mr. Harper knows what he's talking about. He was a captain of corvettes and uh, ships during the Second World War that were responsible for keeping the subs off of our shores and sinking submarines, and he was in combat and was injured in combat. Part of what led to his development of Dianetics was his own experience in handling his own injuries. So uh, make no mistake, he knows what he's talking about when he says, and so he goes on to say, the highest morale groups in the world have been those whose common lot was harsh mutual experience. And he gives examples, U.S. Marines, the Foreign Legion, etc. Morale is not a sweetness and light proposition. Hand-holding and sympathy can destroy morale. 
if it also lessens group solidarity or injures a belief in the group's leadership. What do you think they're going to think of the leadership that's, you know, going around and, you know, sympathizing with people and being all nice with everyone? No. Hey, be fair. Be firm. Be on it. Be on your own purpose line and be dedicated and help people and deal with people, but don't go in for false validation and let's restrain all this bad news. No, bad news doesn't really belong, you know, rifling through the group. It's propaganda you want to be careful of, right? But truth, truth's not going to harm anybody. You know, truth going through the group, confront it. Okay, we have a real situation here, folks. Time to pull together. Here's what I need you to do, Joe. Here's what I need you to do over here in the sales department. Here's what I need you guys to come together over here in the marketing department. Quit your squabbling. Get something out here that's really going to start driving public in. I'll help you, but for the love of God, we need to start getting effective, boys. This is our ship. So he says, reality is the vital factor in all morale problems. How about that for a datum? You could, you could stick that up on the wall. Reality is the vital factor in all morale problems. And then he goes on to say this. He says, six months or even a year before an operational or functional catastrophe, one could have detected outmorale in certain areas. Such outmorale areas continuing have preceded a general upset or severe loss for the whole group. Hey, you think this is just uh, so that everybody can be happy snappy? No. You can use morale as an indicator of future catastrophe and avoid future catastrophes by dealing with morale. So I quote Mr. Hubbard here, if small zones of out morale are noticed and repaired when they occur, the group can be saved future upsets of magnitude. A handling of group morale is done in the area of accomplishing objectives along the agreed upon group purpose line and in the sphere of group social relations. That's kind of a one paragraph formula here. So push in the direction of accomplishing the group's objectives and agreed upon group purpose line. That's why it's so important that, you know, whatever the purposes of your organization, that it's well instilled and well campaigned within your group and that it's agreed upon. There's a reality there. Yes, this is a worthwhile purpose. This is what we're doing this for. This is what pulls us together. This is our common bond here, that we're all pushing in the direction of this particular purpose, whatever that might be, and that we're moving in that direction and we're having successes. Every one of those successes is going to build the morale of the group. And in the sphere of social relations, what influences social relations? Well, things like propaganda, lies, untruths, validation of people who are not productive, failing to validate those who are productive. These are all in the sphere of group social relations. You should master those things. And of course, by studying hyper management, you will. But I bet you haven't necessarily thought about it in terms of how does this enhance morale of our group? And you should. Morale is an incredibly important factor in the success of your group. In fact, I'll just give you this last line from Mr. Hubbard. Lack of this function can be very destructive in a group. Successful accomplishment of it can be the source of group success. So probably doesn't come up a lot in your uh, own studies and in your own work of management, the subject of morale, but it's very, very important. It can make the difference between success and failure. Recognize it when you see it, know how to deal with it, deal with it on an individual basis, deal with it on a group basis. Because when you deal with it on a group basis, it will help the individual. When you help the individual with their morale, it enhances the group's morale. So these are some of the factors. I hope you um, got a good grip on them. I know we covered a lot of data. And um, could have probably done this in two episodes, but uh, that's why I wanted to 
bring this earlier, very, very important podcast uh, episode that we, you, we just replayed for you right before this one. That one together with this one should give you a pretty good grip on the subject. You may have to listen to this again, take some notes. These are the factors that influence group morale. Make sure you know them and apply them. Thank you very, very much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. And of course, we enjoy your comments. And if you think uh, this was okay and you liked it, then give us a like. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week.